Hi, listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by The Draw Shop, and we've got something exciting for you. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been asked what you do? We all get asked this, right? Have you then answered and then got the response of totally glazed over eyes or just the look of someone politely smiling but definitely not caring? It sucks. I know. I've totally been there on both sides, actually. That's why my team and I at The Draw Shop now offer a service to help you perfect your elevator pitch so that people immediately understand how you can make their life better and so that you can use this anywhere in your marketing. It's the single statement that compels your prospects to take action right away. Here's what happens. You meet with an expert copywriter on our team to define the problem you solve, how you solve it, and the transformation your customers experience after working with you. From there, we'll turn that into a short and sweet elevator pitch just for you and create a compelling one-page visual story to help the world better understand your business and how you can help them. For a special limited time offer, we are offering you this service for one-third the usual price, valued at $1,500. Yep, 70% off. Again, this will only be available for a limited time, and we've already seen incredible results with our clients changing this one single statement. So to get your word perfect pitch today, head to www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch now. That's www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch. Okay, let's get into today's episode. What you want to know really is what you need to be doing each day that moves the needle. And when I say move the needle, I I mean increasing revenue to your business. You want to know what you need to be doing each day so that you are moving that needle. Hello and welcome to another Backstage Business episode. At this time of the recording, we are still in a pandemic, the global crisis caused by COVID-19, and one that has sent many businesses in panic mode. And we've also just been told at this time that the SBA Payment Protection Program that many small businesses were relying on for relief and to at least assist in getting through the next eight weeks has ran out of money. So at this time that I'm recording this, businesses are waiting for hopefully another round. And even at that, no one can be sure whether they will receive that funding or not. So if you're a small business owner, you're, you already carry the pressure of staying in business and keeping your employees paid. It's something that's always on your mind, whether we're in a global crisis or not. But especially now, and even if some businesses do get funding, it may carry them through and it may not. And some, even if they do, may get it too late. So right now, hope is something that is super important to have. And I truly believe that because I think that without it, our mindset isn't in the right place to make choices that could not only save your business, but could actually make you come out stronger. And I know that it's really hard right now to have that hope for, for so many businesses, but I really believe that it's, it's, it's that feeling that can help you make better choices. This past week, I gave a virtual presentation to over 100 entrepreneurs, and I covered some stats that I I was aware of, and I got from 
actually was reminded of from one of my go-to books for marketing. And um, that book, by the way, is Sabri Sudi's Sell Like Crazy. And a lot of what I will be discussing in the upcoming episodes have come from this book and have come from several books, actually. Some teachings from my good friend Joe Polish and his marketing strategies. There's also stuff that I will be referencing that I've learned over, I mean, probably the last 20 years, but even some recent books that you'll hear me talk about a lot, like uh, Donald Miller and Building a Story Brand, Clarifying Your Message. And of course, I'll I'll reference some of the best copywriters like Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert, just just to name a few. So um, I'll always reference who I'm who I've pulled this from. There are so many. I'm someone who will reread or re-listen to a book over and over again, especially when I'm if I'm in a project and I think, oh my gosh, I'm I'm building ads. I need to make sure I visit, um, for example, Sell Like Crazy, Sabri Sudi's book, or I'm. Um, building email sequences. Who do I need to listen to? I'm writing a sales letter. Who am I going to refer to? Gary Halbert. There's just so many resources out there for us. And sometimes you forget because there's a lot of overlap too. And all of these messages are so great. So as best I can, and from what I remember who I've gotten them from, I will absolutely always reference them. So back to those stats, statistically, businesses already show without a pandemic or poor economy working against them that 95% don't even make it to a million dollars in annual sales. And out of those, another 95% won't make it to $5 million in annual sales. And then it's like 2% of those that will make it to 10 million. And then it's even less that will make it over a hundred million. So all of this to say that it's really quite an accomplish, accomplishment to grow and sustain your business. And if you've been in those top percentages, awesome. Like, well done. That's amazing. But I look at these and I go, why does it have to be so hard to succeed and to to reach those numbers and whatever your goal is in, in those? But I know this. I know that it requires commitment and the biggest effort it requires is being willy, willing to learn. It's being willing to learn, to find out what will work and then apply that. And for me, and I, it's not just me, I know there's for a lot of businesses and especially the businesses that I've seen reach these numbers in their first year and then continue to grow is is the attention on marketing. And I do believe that marketing is everything, not just because I love marketing and I'm obsessed with it and learning new ways of doing it, but I just know that that's, it's so essential to, to your revenue. And so while I will sprinkle in guest episodes to talk about other necessary parts of business and life that are really, really important, I want to stay constant on the topic of marketing because I put it at the top of all of the other things that are necessary to my business. That is the priority. And again, not all business owners will agree, and that's totally fine, but this is what I believe and has served me well and has definitely been responsible. And other things have been responsible for the sustainment, but in terms of actual growth and actual moving the needle, it's always at the very top marketing. So with each episode, I'm I'm going to give you small bites of of what has kept my small business in business and for over 11 years reaching a million dollars by just after year one and then doubling in year three and have just kept 
continuing that growth year after year, yes, in revenue, but most importantly, profitability. And I can definitely tell you this, it hasn't been easy. Sometimes we're easier than others, and then sometimes had to step it up even more. That's just how business goes because things are constantly changing. While it hasn't been easy, what I have learned has actually been simple. So sometimes it's the lesson, it's learning what needs to be done. That's the hard part. But then once you realize, okay, this is what I need to do, that's the simple part. And then it's it's all about the execution. So today's episode, I'm going to focus on why many businesses don't grow or become profitable. And of course, you might be thinking right now, well, a lot of businesses aren't growing right now. And maybe that's the case. With a halt to everything, many businesses are definitely suffering. But I still believe that it's it's a really, it's a good time to start focusing on the things that you can to make it grow. And even now, even now focusing on that and but definitely coming out of this. Because you know, if if you are able to make it through this, then what are you going to do to become stronger out of this? And I don't know about you, but I'm definitely I am filled with hope. And and maybe it's because of the people that I that I choose to listen to and the the examples and the leaders and what I'm choosing to fill my my brain with. But I am I am determined to turn this into a story worth telling, the story of how my business was able to grow by 50% in the middle of a global crisis and was able to help businesses in a moment when they needed it the most. Will that happen? I don't have the magic wand. I love imagining that I do. It's what helps me think better. Am I met with odds right now? Yeah, most of us are, are met with odds right now. But I know that I'm not going to get pushed down by fear because that absolutely does no good. It never has. And I am realistic, but I haven't come this far in my business from having a negative mindset. I had to have hope every step of the way. Hope is what filled me and put me in the mindset of what if. And for much of my life, both personal and in business, I've used a what if mindset to throw myself into thinking what's possible. And not only is the what if mindset so much fun, but it's something that catapults you into getting creative and coming up with solutions instead of drowning in problems. It's that switch. It's that if you're feeling down and negative, it literally turns flips that switch into creativity. And when we're in that creativity zone, we come up with ideas. You may not execute on all of those ideas and maybe not all of those ideas are really great, but you just need one of those. And it's all about getting your brain to be thinking in that zone. So if I am to grow my business, it means that I have to become a master of generating revenue and I have to start getting creative. And the number one way I know to start generating more revenue to match that goal during this time is marketing. So if you have a service or a product that has that you believe has life-changing value, but people aren't seeing it or they don't get what you do, it's going to be really, really difficult to scale your business and experience growth. You know this. You have to know this. <laughs> and the thing is, is without profitable revenue, your bris- your business won't survive. And that's not even just me saying, you know, that's my belief. That's just like the cold heart truth. If you don't have revenue and you don't have profitable revenue, your business isn't going to survive. 
So in the coming episodes, I'm going to focus step-by-step on what has worked for me. And I'm going in the order, in a special order, so that there is some methodology from this. And remember, I've, I've pulled this from many experts, and I'm someone who reads and listens to experts and books and podcasts every single day. And I will listen to it again, because sometimes you get more out of it that, that second or third time. I thrive on learning and even more so implementing and then seeing results. And so I want to share with you what I have implemented that actually works. I can share with you along the way things that I've done that hasn't worked as well, but I think you're going to get more value from the things that have worked So first today, I want to talk about some of the fears that we have as business owners and what we would like to feel like instead, and then where we can spend our time that will actually move the needle in our business so that when we say we are quote unquote busy, that we're actually productively busy instead of busy, but staying in the same place or worse, falling behind and and getting overwhelmed. All right. Are you ready? As a small business owner, and I'm thinking a lot of you are going to relate to this, we face a lot of of fears. And again, these are just the fears we have, pandemic or not. But we wonder, where are the next set of customers coming from? Who? How am I going to get this? these next clients? We, we have fear that we have such a long list of items and to-dos and tasks to go through, and then realizing none of them are actually increasing your revenue, or none of them are actually impacting the bottom line of, of your business, but yet we still feel like we have to get all of those things done. It's it's kind of, it's this like, I have to get through this list. Is it just because you have to get through it, or is it actually going to make a difference? I, I'm guilty of this I have done this. I get ideas. I put it on on the list. Well, I have to get it done. Is it actually going to make a difference today or in this near future? Maybe not, but why do I feel so compelled to get it done? It's a common thing that that business owners will have. Another is having times where business is doing so good and cash flow is strong, but in the back of your mind, you're expecting, expecting that ball to drop. And feeling like business could just be in a state of famine again. It's that feast or famine feeling. How do you get to a place where you're more consistent? And I get that right now. So many are are in that state of of famine, and it hurts. And it's a it's a it's a real real fear right now. But what are the things that we can do so that as we return to normalcy or even right now what can we do so that we can have predictability and and know and have expectations of what's coming and have those be consistent another another fear for small business owners and entrepreneurs are feeling like our competition has the advantage of the market and we're missing out there's something that we are just not getting so I'm guessing a lot of you relate to these and these are just some, but I think they're some of the biggest things that weigh on us. And in these coming episodes, I want to help you with implementing things that ease those fears. I'm sure they're always going to be top of mind. They're things that you should be thinking about, but they shouldn't be a paralyzing fear. Because here's what we really want to feel like as business owners. 
We want to feel like we are in demand and we don't have to hunt or chase customers. We want to feel like we can we can just pick like, yeah, you, you're definitely who I want to work with. These are the type of customers we want. We don't want to have that desperate feeling. We want to feel like we have such a strong and effective sales funnel in process that our pipeline is full and continuously delivering more highly qualified prospects. And if you're wondering what that sales funnel should look like, just stay tuned to these episodes because I will be going over that and I'll be also announcing very shortly a free webinar in the next week that I will be hosting to go over what these pieces of the sales funnel are and why they're so important and how these should be executed. So that is to come. But wouldn't that be such a great feeling knowing like I've got this I've got this funnel that is just constantly working for me 24/7 and it's delivering leads consistently and it's just this great pipeline for for you to either sell or for your sales team to sell to these highly qualified prospects. That's a that's a real good feeling we want to have as business owners. We also want to feel like we have such a solid sales process so that these leads are converting in high percentages. So not only are you getting these, but you have such an amazing process that people are seeing the value that you bring and they want to sign up and work with you. We also want to be able to predict what's coming, as I was saying earlier, so that we know we're good on cash flow. And this is this is a big one because what you want to know really is what you need to be doing each day that moves the needle. And when I say move the needle, I, I mean increasing revenue to your business. You want to know what you need to be doing each day so that you are moving that needle. So it's not just guessing. It's just here are the activities that bring me that result. So remember how I talked about being hopeful earlier. I want you to stay hopeful. I want you to have that mindset and that feeling of hope. At the same time, I don't want you to think that you can just sit and hope for leads to come in or hope for more customers or hope that when they come in, they will just magically convert. Sitting and doing nothing and hoping that your pipeline will be full or that you will just know what to do each day to make more money is not going to work. The hopeful mindset is there for you to work with and to open your mind so that you can feel the motivation so that you can do the actual things that will elevate your business. As a business owner, it is not good enough to have a good product or service. It just isn't. Even even being the best or having the best isn't enough. You have to become a master at marketing it. You just have to. And I'm hoping that through all of this, you know, those of you who you're either new to marketing or you've been doing it for years and some of the stuff you know, but you're hearing it differently and it 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 just gives you, it sparks that idea of a way that you're going to market just a little bit differently or a lot differently. That's That's my hope. That's for me. I mean, I'll read books that could be addressed to a brand new marketer and I will get so much out of it. I've also read books that are for people who have been marketing for for 30 years. When you listen to these things and you hear these ideas, sometimes it is something you've heard before, but because of the place that you're in, you realize that there's something different you can do. And those are those are magical moments because those are the things that will move the needle. 
So keep listening to these episodes because I'm going to continue to share what these key marketing components are and how they will dramatically shift the direction of your business. Now today, we're we're going to focus on the activities that you're probably doing as, as a business owner, as a marketer, and what you should be doing to increase revenue. So I'm going to kind of make a list here of the things that we're, we're probably all doing. Some of them are probably really great things, and some of them are things that, yes, we need to do, but they're maybe not moving the needle. So tell me if, if your list looks something similar to this. Checking emails and sending emails, writing copy for emails, ads, landing pages, talking to clients, having meetings, creating Facebook ads with your team, checking stats all the time, like sales activities, conversions, how many email opens you're getting, creating or refining systems and processes. You're maybe educating your team on new sales tactics or training them on sales. You're planning promotions, entertaining new ideas, creating sales funnels, making videos maybe, vetting new team members, creating proposal templates, reviewing contracts, entertaining more ideas, running a podcast, maybe being a guest on a podcast, giving presentations, speaking, bookkeeping. So that's actually a list of all of the things that <laughs> that I do. I actually put that list together because those were things that, you know, I know a lot of us are doing. Those are definitely the things that are on my list on a day-to-day basis. And I will say this, I've done a really good job in the past 11 years of this business of delegating and hiring out for the things that are great for keeping efficiencies and keeping us effective as a business, but not necessary for me specifically to do and generally don't move the needle right now in terms of increasing revenue or growing the business. So all of those parts that I listed are definitely necessary, just doesn't mean that they're all necessary for me to do. But it will creep in because I think at times, you know, as a business owner, you step into different processes. That was the, one of the things on the on the list is refining those and saying, okay, what how can we make this even even better and stronger? I started to realize, though, where the bulk of my working time needed to be spent. And here, here's, where, here's where my time really needs to be spent. So if you remember, I am a copywriter. So for those that don't know, I was a copywriter for infomercials. For I was also a ghostwriter for New York, many New York Times bestselling authors. And I wrote coffee for tons and tons of products and, and services, and which was such an incredible background. And it's what actually made me really excited about starting the, the draw shop. But right now I have a full time, I have a full team of full-time copywriters on, our, on the team, and they are ridiculously awesome. They've studied the same people that I have studied. And it's a huge component of our service offering. I mean, it's like one of the most in, important parts of us creating videos for our clients. So while they take on, you know, the copywriting for our clients, I still love writing. And when it comes to our own marketing in terms of new services, I know that I'm the one to do it. And I will then, you know, 
work with my, you know, one of our copywriters particularly to to fine tune it and edit it. But I want to be a part of that process because I know that I'm going to implement and what needs to be in there so that it converts. And it actually gives me such a good feeling when I see my copy work. That's a whole other episode because we are going to be getting into copywriting as well, even if you think you aren't one. It's important that you that you know how to. Okay, so so back to discovering, you know, what are the revenue producing activities? And so I had to look at this and say, okay, what are the things that I'm doing that actually produced dollars? Because that's important and that's where I need to be spending most of my time. Those other things still need to get done, but where do I need to be spending most of the time and where do I need to make sure that that time is blocked out for those revenue producing activities? And so here's here's what they were for me in my business. It was writing copy whether it was for an email sequence for a campaign or a promotion we are offering, sales copy for landing pages, copy for new services, ad copy for our Facebook ads, our Google ads, LinkedIn ads, copy for webinars or trainings that we're doing. Then another one was creating the actual sales funnels. And that is going to be an episode as well. This the, We're going to be talking about all of these parts of the sales funnel, as I said earlier. And then I will also let you guys know, we're just finalizing dates on the webinar where we're going to talk about those key parts to a sales funnel. That was a key revenue producing activity for me is creating the actual sales funnel and making sure that all of those parts were in place. And that's something that we'll do consistently, especially as we have new services. There's a different funnel for each one. Webinars, creating them for our audience. Another one is, believe it or not, you heard me say entertaining ideas and entertaining ideas again, because you know, as a business owner or entrepreneur, you get ideas a lot, a lot. And you might have thought like, that's not going to be one of them of her revenue producing activities because we all have so many ideas and we don't have time to be, you know, entertaining ideas all the time, but we do because really what it is with that activity more specifically is vetting out those ideas and strategizing them. And so one thing that I like to do that I got from Dan Sullivan in Strategic Coach was, and that's a, a business coaching program, was the impact filter. And the impact filter is a really awesome tool that really helps you vet out, is this idea something worth implementing? Is it something that we we put a whole bunch of time into? Because you talk about what's the best case scenario if we implement this, and it might be a new service, it might be a partnership. And so what you do is you look at best case scenario, like if executed properly, what does success look like once this is implemented? And then you say, well, what happens if I don't do this? What happens if I don't implement it? What will happen? Are you actually going to be leaving money on the table? Or sometimes you might surprise yourself and say, "Mm, I don't think much is going to change. And really just going through this exercise helps you consider whether this is something you should be putting time into now. Maybe it's a something to do later but it also helps you organize how you're going to execute it. Okay, what are the next steps to put this into motion? And what does that success criteria look like? So if this new service is implemented, I will have helped 50 new businesses. Or if it's implemented, I will have increased my revenue by X amount. It's things like that. And it really just helps you think really 
think about, you know, what are you trying to do here? I think it's, uh, it's thinking time. I'm now thinking of uh, Keith Cunningham and one of my favorite books, which is The Road Less Stupid. And it was so cool because that's a book that I had read. And then I found out that Joe, Joe Polish actually knew him. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to work with him. And we actually ended up doing a video for The Road Less Stupid. That's an inc- another incredible book because he talks about thinking time and how to really think about stuff because that's really important. So entertaining the ideas is kind of my version of thinking time and really looking at, is this is this, is this an idea worth executing? Now, again, I listed a whole bunch of things before, like bookkeeping and checking stats and checking conversions and, you know, analyzing your emails. All of that stuff is something that you definitely need to keep a a pulse on, you know, training your team, making sure they're updated on new sales tactics if if necessary. So all of those things are important, but, and they do, all of those things, of course, long-term, they do affect the sustainability of of your business, which also affects your your bottom line, right? But what are things that you really need to be spending time on that's going to move the needle now? Because knowing stats and analyzing data and budgets and all of that is is so important, but sometimes as business owners, we do that obsessively. And you really can just block out a short period of time each week to go over those and and have and have a check in on those. You know, how is this ad performing? How how are my how's my sales team doing? What percentage are they closing at? What do their sales activities look like? All important, but we tend to as business owners get obsessive about it. Check it like, you know, 15 times a day and that's that's not helping you move the needle because you can get you're you're not even going to get accurate or good enough data in that <laughs> that amount of time every, you know, 30 minutes. So it's it's really about setting aside that time and looking at it and go, okay, now now what do I need to do? Now what do I need to do to to shift this? And those are the activities that I mentioned earlier. So now you think, okay, so what do I do now to determine what those activities are for me? And they might be similar to mine and they might be different because you have a different business than I do. But what I would say is make a list of those things that you do each day. And if you don't, you know, know if you can't think about it at the top of your head right now, start, you know, for the next few days or maybe for a good solid week, write down what you're doing. Kind of like keep a, an entry of it. I used to do the way I determined this, and this was years ago. There was a what I think it's called what I did today. And it was an email that was sent to me. And at the end of the day, it would prompt me to put in, what did I do today? And because it was just that same day, it was fresh in my head, I would look back and and write those things down. Okay, I, I checked my emails. I had four or five business calls. I had two meetings I had to attend. I did, and I would list all of these things. And then a lot of times you look back and you go, man, that was a lot of busy stuff, but I'm not really quite sure what I accomplished. And then there might be a couple of things in there that you're like, oh yeah. And I did this. I wrote the copy for this and completed this landing page. And now we're going to put that live and we started making sales. Something like that. You'll start to see things that were like, 
that's really where most of my time should have been spent. And I could have actually shrunk all of those other things into an hour's worth instead of the five hours that it took. So just like make make a list of, of those things at the end of the day, and then you'll start to see where most of your time is going. Look at those items that are just taking up too much time and actually causing you to delay on those revenue needle moving items and then come up with an action plan so that other team members, maybe VAs or someone else can take that on if you have people on your team that can do that. And you might be asking, of course, how do I afford to do that? And that is, that's definitely another big thing to think about. And you definitely would have to calculate and determine what can you help contribute to your business with your revenue generating activities and how valuable is that time? And that's only that's something that you have to decide. Obviously, I can't decide that for you. But if you if you start to see that, hey, if I didn't spend five hours on that and delay the time that I needed to be spending on this revenue generating activity, what is that worth to me? So could I have actually made more money spending the time on that revenue generating activity than me doing all of this other stuff myself? Like if somebody else could have been doing that, could you actually have made more money during that time so that you can actually afford to pay that other person to do that? And that's something for you to determine. I can tell you that there are so many times that I have said, yep, somebody else needs to do it because I'm too excited to get this off the ground and to see the dollars that's going to come from it. So seriously, ask yourself that. So many times we think, oh no, I'm the only person that can do that. And I don't think that's the case. So I thought that it might be interesting to tell you what I do and how I determined what I need to be focused on on a on a weekly basis and this is just something that works for me and it has worked really well and of course I've pulled from many different resources you know in different activities I've you know in different coaching groups I've gone through really great time management exercises and ways to schedule my time that have really worked for me and it's not to say that I do exactly what all of them have said. So I do kind of a combination. And I think that's what a lot of people do. You know, everybody has a different lifestyle. Everybody has different demands and different businesses. So you find what works for you. This is what has worked for me. And if it helps you, then then great. I do know that for me, I need to be organized to think clearly. And that's, I can't have clutter in my brain. I also can't have clutter in, in my space. That That makes me feel overwhelmed and messy even inside my brain and I know that there's science based on that like your your the space around you if it is organized you actually perform better in whatever you're you're doing so that's one thing but I'm going to focus on the brain right now and clutter in the brain is definitely I feel like it keeps you in this busy sort of state of mind but it's not an effective type of busy So I need to organize my mind. So when my mind is filled with all these different things, I have to do a brain dump. And so what I'll do is I'll write down all of the things that I feel need to be done. And, you know, you you kind of write, you know, here here are the, the problems that I'm thinking about in my mind. Here are really great ideas that I have in my mind. Here are things that I absolutely have to do. They're on my schedule that I have to get done. And I write all of those things down. And I have this big long list. And Sometimes during the week, 
those things will pop up, but it's not something I need to deal with now, but I know that I'm going to eventually need to deal with it. So I'll put it on a, a list that's kind of like a later list. And I'll revisit that every single week to see which of those items needs to be moved to important need to get done. So what I'll do is on every weekend on on a Sunday, usually a Sunday, I'll try to do it like in the morning and then I'll just enjoy the rest of my day. I'll have my coffee and I will have my list of things that need to get done. And I'll first write down a Monday through Friday and I'll look at my calendar and say, okay, what's what's booked? What meetings, now virtual meetings, do I have scheduled? What calls do I have scheduled? And I'll put those in the calendar and they are bold. So that time is blocked out. And then I've got that. Okay. So here's here's what here's the time that I know I have left over of what I what I can do. So then what I'll do is I'll say, okay, let's look at this list here. And now let's take from those items, what are the things that are going to move the needle? And then I will put that on their own list. What can be done later has its separate list. And then I ask myself, what results do I want to see? What do I want to see by the end of this week? Let's see. So I believe it is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People for by Stephen Covey talks about rocks. And we're actually learning this in a family book club. We're, ta- we're reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens because we have like four teenagers. And we're reading that book and we're, they're talking about rocks. So you can refer to them as rocks, if you will. Like what are the rocks? What are these things that results I want to see? What are the big things? Think about what are the things to get me there. So these are the goals. These are the results I want to see. What tasks do I need to get done? What activities do I need to get done to see those results? And so then you schedule those out, but you schedule them as if they were a meeting. So you've got to show up, you've got to block out that time, turn off your phone, turn off distractions, and focus on those activities and don't let yourself get interrupted. I'll call it like focus time, basically. And then um, that's something else that I got from Strategic Coach, where I will have days that are focus, focus times that are here are the things that are going to move the needle, and then buffer time, which is the answering emails, the other activities that are necessary, but not going to move the needle as quickly as the other activities. And, uh, And you schedule that buffer time for them. So I'll put that into the calendar on those days. And also at the very top, it's like, here are the three main things that I really want to accomplish this week. And then each day we'll have the three main things that I will accomplish that day. And really, when, when I first started doing this, I would start to overwhelm myself because I put too much. I put too much on each day and then I would feel bad about myself because I didn't get it done. And then the week would roll by and it was just like, oh, by Thursday or Friday, it was just like, whatever. Now I just have this long running list again. Don't do that. So don't don't overwhelm yourself. Don't be like, you know, if, you, if you're somebody who likes routines or having a morning ritual, something like that, keep it simple. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half of different things that you do. Just do the things that are super, super important to you and keep it shorter so that you don't feel rushed, that you feel like, okay, I have this hour of time to focus on this. But if it's like a long, long list of things that you have to get done within that hour, you're going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to feel so good at the end of the day if you actually got those other things done and it, and it motivates you and it gets you ready for the next day. It's it's exciting because you're like, oh, if I did that and move the needle, 
imagine what I can do tomorrow. And by the end of the week, you realize, wow, that was that was pretty awesome. So that's kind of how I organize my week and make sure that I am spending my time on those revenue generating activities. So I think the biggest takeaway for this episode for you is to determine what those are. What are those activities? How can you how can you manage the other buffer activities to where you have a blocked out amount of time so that you don't get overwhelmed? You know that they'll, they'll get done in a in, in certain amount of time, but don't sprinkle them into your day so that you're distracted. You don't need to answer or check your emails over and over and over and over and over again. Set aside some time. Maybe you need to do it an hour at the beginning of the day, an hour at the end of the day, so that at the middle of the day, you're really focusing on those, those other activities that just move the needle, just constantly be thinking, is this going to move the needle? I hope that that was helpful for you. Again, this is stuff that has completely helped me because it's it's kind of frustrating if you look back and you go, hey, where did where did April go? Where did like where did this time go? What did I actually accomplish? Or am I in the same position? It's such a better feeling to look back and go, look at all of these things that I did that helped my business grow. What an awesome feeling that is. So in the coming episodes, now that we've we've got that outlined, in the coming episodes, we'll talk about some things that will probably find their way on your list of revenue generating activities that you need to focus on because we're going to be talking about the critical parts for your sales funnel. And I we're also going to be talking about identifying the real problems that you are solving for your customers might be totally different than what you think it is. That's going to be something really fun to go through. And then how you communicate to your customers so that they understand why you are the ones that they should work with and why you are the one that's going to make their life better, which is going to lead us into tips on writing copy. And I know some of you might say, I'm not a copywriter, I'm not a copywriter, but you're going to at least learn to think like one and realize that actually you you can do it. We're going to talk about all those things in the coming episodes, so stick with me, we'll also be sprinkling in as usual guests that I feel are relevant for this time that we're in right now, and also things that are really great to be thinking about as as we focus our time on on these activities. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcasts where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time. Mm